Hi, podcasters. Hi, Lee Ho, neighborinos. Uh, it's all going on today. Mm-hmm. We speak to the bloke who is uh, making this whole player strike thing go on in the NRL. Mm-hmm. Chat to him about what's going down. He's the son of Jack Newton. I don't know who Jack Newton is, sorry. Uh, he's a great uh, um, Australian golfer. He uh, got inebriated and he walked into a... Um, Australian golfer or American golfer? Australian. Okay, yeah. And he walked into an um, aircraft propeller and lost his eye and arm and continued to play golf. Uh-huh. So he literally had a handicap. Yeah, right. Walked into the propeller. Was, was he like skylarking? He was drunk, like drunk, was... drunk, drunk. He had a bit of an yeah. issue. Yeah. He was drunk. But he was a great golfer in his day, even after the accident. Tell you what, he was lucky that that yeah. was what, you know. Mm. Yeah. That's hectic, man. Hectic mm. stuff. Um, Andy but, Lee yeah. popped by as well. We talked yes. about the hundred. Yes, had a good chat with him. Um, and an incredible story, actually. If you listen to us live, you'll hear Amelia, um, who is our newsreader every morning. She's got a podcast which launches tomorrow. What's the podcast name again? Um, it is called Se- The Secrets We Keep. The Secrets We Keep. Um, I've that. Depending on what day you're listening to this, it launches Tuesday, the August the 8th. Um, and you're going to hear her story in here. It's incredible. And it it really kind of talks about like a dark side of Australia that's just really been sort of brushed under the rug. Hey? Oh, it's good. It complete and like it completely. And especially when you realize how many people were, I guess, getting an apology by Julia Gillard. I think she's the first politician to actually address it, but mm. it feels like it has been really kept aside that you just couldn't be pregnant and unwed. Mm-hmm. In Australia, yeah. and this was from like the well, I guess it was forever, but really prominent in the fifties, sixties, and seventies. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. So there's, and you know, it's about you know forced abortions and adoptions, and as you hear, you're hearing there's women who are like fifty and sixty mm. who are finding out today that they have a adopted. child that survived, or yeah, that they're adopted. Yeah. Mm. But that's what I'm saying. There must be so many that have discovered on Ancestry.com just using it. Mm. Mm. It's amazing when you get those results and it pops up. Imagine if it popped up with someone completely different than who you know to be your parents. Mm. Crazy. Wow. Or it could pop up with, you know, someone who is your child and you had no idea mm. or a grandchild. Um, so her story uh, is in there and we recommend highly you go listen to her podcast because it's uh, fantastic. It's here on the listener app. Um, let's get into it though, hey? Big show, mm-hmm. roll the podcast. Stab Abby and Matt on B105. I've never, I, I've always admired those people that add a different meal to their repertoire. Mm. I don't know about you guys, but they always say that you, you grow up and you don't like your parents cooking, but then you end up cooking exactly what they cooked. Yeah, pasta bake, <laughs> chicken, <laughs> which, which canton. Is, which is my sort of cooking, yeah. you know? We'll have we'll have tacos. Mm-hmm. We'll have we won't even have it on Tuesday. We had Friday. Culinary yeah. experimentation. But last night was a pork <clears> roast <throat> and no one sort of complained about it. Everyone likes that sort of cooking. But when I got invited to go to the Morton Bay Food and Wine Festival and I was like, yeah, I'll go up on stage. I thought I was like emceeing. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, no, you're cooking. Yeah, sure. And I met the person that was doing the social media because they were hilarious. They were trolling you and I loved every piece of it. So much so. And it was a bit, a bit of a hoo-ha because people were like, wait a minute, the, the people from the festival weren't happy because it sounded like you didn't 
didn't know what you were doing. Mm. The person doing the social media did not care. She thought it was absolutely hilarious. She was like, oh, that was me. How funny. Because <laughs> they'd put up a thing saying that you were doing a cooking, dem- yeah. you were cooking, and you were yeah. like, no, I'm not cooking. I, I, like, I believe I it said celebrity cook. chef, didn't it? Well, what happened is Dominic uh, Rizzo was like, if anyone's coming up on stage with me, they're cooking. Yeah. So yeah, that's how it started, and rightly so. She does a cooking school. Her chef. Yeah, yeah, I kept saying that. Yeah, <laughs> so we got up to do, and I had never, I honestly was so nervous. I was like a stunned mullet, which is what we were cooking. Because I was like, I know. Because mm. it's just, it feels quite vulnerable to see, to have people watch you cook. Because mm. normally I don't know if my, I like, I'll just eat as I go. Mm. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. cutting it up, like that's good enough. But mm. I was cutting up these like nuts, and you can see her going, come more. on, come on, more, more quick, more. quick. Pretty chop, chop. Yeah. Chop, chop. Chop, chop. <laughs> <laughs> but I managed to do it. I did it like a, <clears throat> uh, it's so, a mullet normally, I would say, would a bottom feeder. That's why I was a bit shocked that we were doing it. Mm. And when we're up there, one of the guys was like, mullet. And I said, see, I was a bit surprised as well. And he said, that's what he puts on the, in the crab pots mm. to be able to collect crab. Mm. Mm. Right. But here's the thing. I've learned that anytime you put something in with mullet, it sort of absorbs. It takes in the flavor, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So, uh, like a stuffed, you just kind of put, you can put anything in it. We actually put like chocolate um, nuts inside it. Chocolate nuts. Yeah. And then I had to, and I was like, this is, what am I doing? I had to tie string around Mm. the mullet Mm. because when you stuff it to keep it together. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I was tying little bows because I thought that stayed on there. (laughs) Just like, just do it quickly. Mm. Tie it in knots because it gets cut off. But I, I didn't know. So you were trying to make it pretty because you thought then they would unwrap their little mullet present <laughs> later present. on and be like, oh, this is so nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I got a little bit carried away with it and I was like, this I did is... see you had the Madonna mic on, the little headpiece oh, mic. Like, like, I need to have my hands. Yeah. Uh, no, I, what I said is you looked the part. Like, <laughs> Thank you, you. If I came and sat down and I didn't know you, I'd be like... This chick knows how to cook. I'm going to see what's Just going on. Just because of the, the Madonna yeah, microphone? The yeah, it does add an air of, uh, yeah. I know what I'm up to. I did yeah. get a bit carried away, though, because uh, Hot Paul, who listens to the show all the time, that's what I call him, he was emceeing. Okay. And he listened to the show on Friday, and he said, I heard that you guys are going to cook the meal on Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did get a bit excited. I'm like, yes, of course I am. So where's our mullet? I didn't end up buying okay, it, right. but mm. I, I will get around to it. Mm. And yeah, would, you, would you add it to your repertoire? Anything stuffed, I've realised. I feel like I can do stuff stuff. Yeah. Because she was like, you can put it into different prawns. Mm-hmm. You can do all different Capsicum. fish. Yeah. Mushroom. Yeah. And then there were some friends that were there in the audience. And they seemed, and you know when you look at the audience and you see your friends and it's not the smile of like, oh, I'm supporting you. It's a smile of, we want you to stuff up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never seen another look. Yeah, true. Mm. You do that with stand-up comedy. And then they came up after because she's doing cooking classes. Oh, so we have now said that we're all going to go to her cooking class. Oh, no. We're about to enter into your chef era. Well, oh, there was. Listen. I said that I was I'm just going to go to it. She does cooking classes in Nanda. Uh-huh. Yeah. But she also yeah. does cooking classes in Sicily. She takes it on tour. Oh. That, so, that is a oh, here huge difference there. It is. And I thought <laughs> we were doing the Nanda ones, but they're keen to do the ones overseas. Right. And you go and okay. she does... Oh, no, hang on, sorry, you're in your eat, pray, love era. (laughs) (laughs) Stab Abby and Matt on B105. The 60s is still that sort of sense that in pop culture that things are changing. Secrets we keep, shame, lies and family. You hear her every morning with us doing our news, informing Brisbane, um, but now she's sharing quite a personal story in her very own podcast on the Listener app, uh, Secrets We Keep, Shame, Lies and Family. 
Amelia. Heavy, isn't it? <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Just call it secrets we keep. <laughs> well, Amelia, we see you in the mornings and I you were telling me about look, I've just I've got this idea of a podcast because it's something that I can't let go personally. And you said there's so many other people that are going through this and you said one thing that I would want to do is improve the mother-daughter relationship. Mm, 100% what is a podcast about? It really touches on a lot of issues, uh, particularly with women, because, you know, there's uh, every chance someone you know, whether you're a male or female, has been affected by either abortion, shotgun marriages, forced adoptions, addiction, miscarriages, any of those issues we kind of raise across the nine episodes. It does start with my own personal story, which is how I went down this incredible rabbit hole into uh, the 1960s and 70s in Australia. Uh, My mum had passed away 12 years ago from alcoholism. Anyone that has known or loved an alcoholic knows the varying ways in which relationships can break down. Um, But by the end, she had really, you know, destroyed her reputation quite badly and and she'd left a, a pretty big hole in a lot of hearts. So w- working at her funeral, did you see a photo that that you just were like, what is this? So after she died, we did a death certificate and the funeral director was asking normal questions and he said, how many marriages? And my brother and I were like, one. And then her family said, two. We were uh-huh. like, what the is going on? Um, and they said, age at first marriage. And they said, 16. So I started to be like, what is, you know, I never knew this. How could you possibly not know this? But I mean, a lot so of people. This was her parents, this your was, grandparents, who were saying this. No, this was like her extended family okay. that were sitting around the table, her mm. partner at the time, and and both my brother and I were quite shocked. And then um, they asked what age she was, and then my best friend had flown back from New York, collated the slideshow, gone to her house. We were all up the coast dealing with you know funeral plans. She did the slideshow, standing at the wake. Up comes, you know, happy family photos and then flashes up the photo, which is the um, front of the podcast image. And it's her, a man by her side holding a newborn baby and a wedding ring on her finger. And I turned to my best friend and I said, who is that? And she goes, oh, it's your mum and your dad and you. And I said, well, that's not my dad and that's not me. Wow. No when way. When that photo came back, it was timestamped August 1973, mm. making her 17. And there she is with a wedding ring and a newborn in her arms. Mm. I knew she'd been married. You know, I asked everyone at that funeral. I got them real lick it up and I was <laughs> hitting yeah. up people left, right and centre. And I got so many different answers. I started to think there is something to this. You mm. know, the baby so, died. There was no baby. There was a miscarriage. Mm. It, it was just... So hard to get a straight answer out of anyone that I thought there's a cover up, and I went back and forward over twelve years, just desperately searching for whoever the man was in the photo. Your poor mother, though, to have kept that secret, mm. not just from the people at the time, you know, like her family stuff, but you, you have a whole. I, I'm sure we'll find out in the podcast, but you could have a whole sibling that you don't even know it. She's had to lie to you your entire life. Uh, essentially, I started to think that maybe there had been some rearranging of family members or, you know, I kind of went down a lot of rabbit holes. Um, but I knew that in order to get some peace, I needed to find the man in that photo. And so we set about finding him. I went and got, you know, we went to birth, deaths and marriages. I went to archives. I was looking through microfiche at the State Library trying to find marriage announcements from 1973. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I did find him and then they hired real 
investigative journalist <laughs> and we found him in a day and he was in Cairns and I flew to Cairns and um, met with him and he gave me all the answers I needed. Wow. So I don't want to give too much away because I really encourage people to listen to the podcast but at the start I said it does improve your relationship I guess that mother-daughter relationship so for you having so much I guess no, I shouldn't say disappointment but it's been a bit strange that I, the way that you thought about your mum and then learning all this you've got a more of a wow, she's held a lot. Like, what would have that done to a person? The shame and stigma at the time is probably what I learned about the most. The 1960s and mm. 70s in Australia, you you know, you think about the 70s as An Irish sexual, Catholic yeah. guilt as mm. well. Mm. You think about a Woodstock, free love, wild yeah. sex, all the things. Really, Australia was completely backwards. The pill wasn't was not available. It was condoms you could not buy. You mm. had no reproductive education. Sex education was not a thing. You had no idea about consent. There was no option if you were pregnant except to either access a backyard abortion or to have that baby. And marry the dude. And forced adoptions and or marry the dude mm. because you could not have, in 1970, you could not be an unwed mother. No. So after the World War, I mean, Australia had been riddled with tuberculosis and sexually transmitted diseases and infertility rates soared. And what we found was that there was a surplus of unwed mothers having babies and a serious infertility problem between young married couples. So Abby is over here and she's married to Stav and they can't have a child. But, you know, Tara has uh -huh. gone and done a sin against <clears> the church <throat> and got knocked up and, hey, we've got a solution to the problem. Mm -hmm. You're going to give away your baby and you're going to give it to Abby and Stav because and they, they would just pretend child. like it yeah. was their child. That's why people so, thought Love Child was so hard to watch because yeah. it was a true representation so of, it was, of what went through. And it's something that was so unspoken about, and so many, you know, babies, I guess, grew up not even realizing. So, one mm. in 28 babies, one in 28 babies, so that's one in every section of this office was a forced adoption baby no and that did way. not take into account the stolen generations mm -hmm. and it didn't take into account informal adoption which was what took place within catholic institutions where if i'm father sam mm -hmm. and i've identified some naughty girls that have gone wayward i send them down to the magdalen laundry and i just place babies over the fence in car parks handing babies over and then those birth certificates are never recorded mm. so in a forced adoption scenario they were closed adoptions but somewhere there is a paper record mm. that you're actually the mother, you know, that that's your baby. Mm. But in an informal adoption or a rearranged family, there is actually no physical record. Mm. So those children, and, and what the church never banked on was Ancestry.com and DNA testing. Yeah. They <laughs> never thought we would sit yeah. in a world now where yeah. I need a bone marrow transplant. Shit, mum's not my mum. Mm. Yeah. And that's yeah. how it's unravelling. And you're finding all these late find-out adoptees that are finding out they're adopted at 50. Mm. Because of Ancestry.com. How's your brother taking it? Look, I can only speak to my own personal experience yeah. um, and I can only speak for myself um, because everybody has different ways of dealing yeah. with their grief and, um, you know, it's it's a, an individual thing. But my Some own, people don't want to know answers as well. Mm. And that's, 100%. Yeah. Some people are very happy to to deal with it and move on. Move, yeah. um, I had a daughter, and when I had her, I realised if I didn't reconcile my relationship with my, the mother I didn't want to be, mm. I could never be the mum I wanted to be. Yeah. Wow. So the purpose of the podcast always, you know, regardless of the severe anxiety and <laughs> vulnerability I feel, 
if it just changed the outcome of one other mother and daughter or one other child and mm. mother or one other aunt and grandmother or whatever it is, mm. if, it change, if, it, if it creates a conversation or it changes that outcome for one other person, it's done its job. Mm. Mm. Well, it's even asking those questions, I guess, before it's too late. Yes, because you know, you know because I know that like my my mum's gone through a situation now where she wishes she asked questions to her mum who now has oh, dementia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And there's a lot of stuff that she's uncovered with her mum moving into a nursing home where mm. you're like, Once dates don't gone, add up, you know. Yeah. Once they are gone, they are gone, and yeah. I'll never bring my mum back, and that's really hard to reconcile because now I feel such sympathy and empathy towards her, and I would, you know, I'll forever wish for one more conversation. Mm. But there is an opportunity for others to have a conversation, and sometimes they're tough ones, but they're certainly worth having. Well, we're proud of you. We know how hard you've been working on this and and, and how much of yourself you've put into Mm. it. So it is going to be a great listen, and everyone should get on. On the listener app is when it drops, uh, The Secrets We Keep, Amelia. Uh, thanks for coming in. Thanks, guys. Thank you for having me. Love you all. Stab Abby and Matt on B105. Step away from the fire pit. We've got you surrounded. Neighbours. <laughs> it's those bloody knocky neighbours. F*** you, Jeff. Stitches get stitches. <laughs> Escalated quickly. Well, that, that started when we were saying, do you do Dobby and someone who had a fireplace? Remember uh, when, fire, remember, that's remember right. we weren't allowed to have the fire pits? Mm, and then the yeah. Brisbane City Council came out and said, no, 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 enjoy them. Mm. I think we're still enjoying them, right? Yeah, they're back, baby. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm burning oh, up a big well, time. Well, maybe you are the jerk neighbour and everyone's got their washing out. Guilty. And you've got the, <laughs> the smoke blowing over. But this is a, uh, a an Aussie neighbour has uh, posted this on social media, a letter that he has written mm. and given to the neighbours. And he's just okay. a bit fed up because they've got kids next door and they're always throwing stuff over. Mm-hmm. They've got balls, toy cars, shoes, bottles, rubbish, keys. Jeez, wait, keys? They seem, their kids seem a bit of, a bit out of control. Yeah, right. And then uh, they, the last straw, and this is why he's written the letter. Mm-hmm is when a ball went over the side, uh, went over theirs and hit the side alley light bulb, smashed it. Oh. So he said he was going to return the ball with a knife sticking out. <laughs> <laughs> but he wrote a sternly worded yeah. note That's a bit instead. of a message, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Throwing a knife over. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, maybe that's why he didn't trust him. But he just said, just letting you know that the ball has smashed our side alley light bulb. If you could please let the kids know this will be the last time we'll be re- returning the balls. That would be appreciated. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that snarky. Yeah, but the letter was attached to the ball. Oh, oh right, yeah. but this will be the last time. This will be the last time. Mm-hmm. Which I think he's made it clear. There's nothing worse than that when your neighbour's bad because it is a hostage situation. It is. It is, because yeah. you're, mm. you're stuck there and then you've got to do that kind of thing where you're leaving when they're not there and coming mm. home when you know they're not there and all that malarkey. It's annoying. That, it's just for my neighbours. I've never experienced it, but... That was just a hypothetical. Yeah, yeah. You like your like you like your neighbours, don't you? Well, yeah, of course I do. Mm. There was only one across the road. I know, that and hates it's just me. and all it is is a job of you know who stays on. Well, he is. Well, mm. <laughs> I see him and I have bonded now because <laughs> yeah. he's an older bloke, right? He's yeah. in his ninety, but he yeah. didn't like you. Hated my guts because my eldest son used to park out the front of his house, and he mm. thinks he owns the road out the front. Mm. <laughs> and um, so he came over and abused Esther. One time, had a, it got up me because I had some rubbish that blew over to his yard that I didn't realise and I was going to collect it. But then I found myself one day he had um, fallen over and passed out on his driveway and mm. I had to carry him and call an ambulance and stuff. He would have just been going, why was it Wouldn't him you? that yeah. had to save me? Yeah. Why? He was angry. He didn't want me to call the ambulance, so he abused me for calling the ambulance. Wow. Yeah. I was like, mate, 
if you die on my watch, I could live with that. Do it on the ambulance. <laughs> Did you actually say that? Yes. Did you? yes he was abusing me. He's like, what'd you call an ambulance for? Did like, you tell him that they're free now? Because, you know, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, he might have been like, yeah. I can't afford an ambulance. But yeah, I actually, they... in that moment, I actually I actually started oh, to understand him. No, no, no. No. <laughs> no, I understood him. I was like. Yeah, that would be you. He's been here. <laughs> I mean, heck, it's me. Yeah, yeah people walking on your <laughs> lawn when you're older. No, I just got it. He was, he was an older guy. He was completely sound of mind, but his yeah. body was giving yeah, up on him. Hard. He was frustrated. It's hard. And I, I, I had compassion for him yes. at yeah. that moment. So not him, but we want to know when is your neighbour a bit of a jerk? Maybe it's current neighbour. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a previous one. What's their, what's their argue? I love a fence one. Oh, yeah. Current Affair haven't done one for a while, have no, they? No, they haven't. No. no. It's mm. when they get super petty, petty. Mm. and they start to just do, like, silly things, like, you know, throw rubbish over the fence. Mm. Dog poo. Yeah, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. We were we were the bad neighbours when we lived in Sydney. Mm. We used to have, like, parties all the time. Mm. So our neighbour used to think that they would get us back and play music really loud on a Sunday morning. And we're like, we haven't gone to bed. Like, <laughs> Sweet tunes, we're still up partying. We Thanks. used to. We used to be like, we'll meet, we'll meet that noise and we'll add to it. And then there was a noise complaint that came. And we're like, yeah, we'll probably. From, from we'll another neighbour who had two bad neighbours. <laughs> we're like, we'll probably stop this. <laughs> we're like, Ugh. Um, but do you have a jerk neighbour? Hey, Chris, in Hi. Sunnybank Hi, Hills. Hey, Chris. Hey, guys. Yeah, my neighbour, um, this segment's going to be going off. You should do it once a week. <laughs> but i got a neighbour who lives directly next door, and when we all moved in, we moved in roughly the same time in a no-through road, and my parking for visitors out the front is literally a metre, so you can't park a car there. Mm. So they've got to park outside her house, and she's come out numerous times abusing him, death-staring my, neighbor, uh, my visitors and so forth. She tells me I should have thought about the parking arrangements before moving in. Mm. I'm like... What? You don't own the street. <laughs> but I did get my revenge on her and my Wi-Fi for my internet. My, I've changed my broadcast name to Karen lives at number and the number of a house. <laughs> so everyone that's searching in my neighbourhood with uh, internet is going to see, oh, Karen at number such and such. That's and, quite yeah. clever. Yeah, like that it. is quite clever. I like it, Chris. Uh, it's a funny yeah. thing, isn't it? I don't it? think her name's Karen, though. But, no, no, uh, but she'll get the reference. <laughs> yeah. If any people think that the, the street... That they own the road out the front mm. of their house, mm. Mm. Um, yeah. which is a funny. Yeah, I don't funny know why thing. parking out the front annoys them. Yeah, mm. uh, Chris. By the way, you've got Ecker tickets too, buddy. Yes, so make yes. it Monday. Got off to the and so has Anonymous. You've got Ecker tickets <laughs> as well. <laughs> we'll track you down. Uh, what does your jerky neighbour do? Oh, they had uh, fireworks all the time. So every weekend they'd let fireworks off. <laughs> you know, I've got kids. You know, dog. And, you know, I was nice about it at first, like mm. New Year's, all good. But then it was like 2 o'clock in the morning at New Year's. They'd go, yeah, like, them right. up at midnight, and it was just ridiculous. Was that here? Because fireworks are illegal here. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what I thought. Yeah. You know, and I know, like, people do it, whatever. But, you know, at reasonable hours. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You mm. know, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, like, when you think they're all done, and then they do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not <laughs> celebrational. Just... That's, that's scary. Yeah, I ended up like yeah, getting pretty cranky with them at the end, and I'm like, you know, if you keep going, I'm gonna uh, let authorities know after like months of it, mm. you know, because they were only like two houses like across the road down like, on our same street. Mm-hmm. Mm. Are and they it was still just legal in Canberra? I believe so. So people are buying them and yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, I'm all good for fireworks. Don't get me wrong. Everyone yeah. loves them, but you know, yeah. not at two o'clock in the morning when they wake your three-year-old up. No, no, gosh, no. no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you know? no I actually like only <laughs> professionals to take care of my yeah. fireworks. To and be honest, there's point. something scary about mm-hmm. just a neighbour having them. Yeah, and the people that do that are a little bit. They are, and mm. they love it. Mm. You know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. My yeah, brother old Stumpy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got tickets to the Echo to make it rain Monday. L, you've got tickets to the Echo as well. Thank you. You're welcome. And you're making a big claim. You reckon you've got the worst neighbour in the world. I have. The beginning of the school holidays, I had the police called on us at 5.30 at night because my kids had their friends over and jumping on the trampoline and they complained about it and they had four police rock up at our door complaining about a noise complaint. Wow. Wow. Start of school holidays, did you say to the police, take the kids away? (laughs) Well, I offered to I offered to offload a few kids to the police, and they yeah. said they were outnumbered and we <laughs> could keep them. Uh, but I'm surprised oh. they wasted their time. Well, they wouldn't have known what the noise complaint was until they rock up. Mm. But can you even no, have a but... noise complaint at that time of the afternoon? Yeah. Apparently, you can have a noise well, complaint at any time of the day. I've learned. If it's God, unreasonable, but yeah, but that's not unreasonable. We haven't fed them dinner. We haven't fed them dinner yet, so we were cooking dinner while they played on the trampoline. Yeah. So, you know, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does feel like a waste of police's time, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Well, um, good news. That uh, complaint turned into tickets for you to go along to the EKL. That's how it's done. Get on the air, win tickets. Stab Abby and Matt on B105. Andy Lee is a man that doesn't need an introduction. But we'll give him one anyway. Yeah, uh, The 100 with Andy Lee premieres tomorrow night, 8.40, Channel 9. And, of course, catch up on 9 now. Good morning, mate. Good morning, guys. Long time. Mm. Yeah. Any? Uh, have you seen any of your neighbours naked? <laughs> uh, yeah, I have. <laughs> but uh, look, I'm, I'm not. In, I won't say I'm in the majority, but plenty of us have across uh, across Australia. Mm. There's some of the great topics we've got coming up on the hundred tomorrow. I know. What? I know. Well, otherwise, it just seems so random, didn't it? Sorry, but uh, we were just talking <laughs> she about. She loves on... living next door to you, yeah. Andy. <laughs> she's she's really to gotten to know out. you well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because we were talking about it because I always think that uh, people can't see in. And Maddie enlightened me that even if you've got tinted windows or anything like that, if it is dark, then mm. you can see in. So at that night, was a... No, we can, we can see in at your house. Yeah, 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 that's why I didn't know. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Annie. <laughs> this is the no, thing, though. If you've, seen your, yeah. you've seen, <laughs> if you've seen your neighbours naked, Andy, you can be rest assured they've seen, seen you, you. Yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, we're a bit of a nudie family, um, Beck and I. So, yeah, they've def- people have definitely seen us. Uh, I don't actually... reckon, because wouldn't it, it, it'd end up on new Ooh, idea, that? wouldn't it? Is that your phone? Yeah, <laughs> that was me. So. They might not have taken a photo, but, um, yeah. What about, how about this? We, we do cover the topic of Neighbours tomorrow night's show. With Sophie Monk's back on, Mike Goldstein, Ross Noble. But how many people out there have used their neighbour's pool Ooh. without... Asking. Oh, yes. That's. A, I wonder. Mm. I would say that's got to be a majority. I don't know. I reckon it's changed now since you can get cameras so cheap. That's good. Because remember, cameras used to be so expensive, and now you can just get them for mm. under fifty dollars. Mm. They could tick off both boxes. See just you let you know. And oh, I've the got the cameras. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How's Renault's going at your place though? Because that looks absolutely amazing. I mean, obviously you've got. Anyone can see you guys naked because there's just massive holes in the walls. <laughs> yes, we've got a new, or well, not a new house, but a very old house, 1876. It's got um, no ceilings, grass growing through it, no running water, no electricity. So we've got a bit of work ahead of us, Beck and I. 
Um, I make it sound like we're actually going to be building. Hired <laughs> 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 people to do that. Um, but yes, I've met all my neighbours. I didn't. I'm not like 48 percent of Australians who, when they see a neighbour, they try to avoid them. <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, we we should be finished sometime in the year 2035. Is that yeah. is that a danger of this gig that you now you're at a party and you'll just drop random statistics about things that you've learnt on the show? Well, I was at a wedding um, about five weeks ago and there was a bit of a lull at our table and one of the other guests just turned to me and went, stats, while pointing at me really aggressively. Oh. <laughs> I was kind of out of context, but I didn't know what he was talking about. But um, yeah, and then I, I did start reeling some conversation starters up and we were okay. Oh, yeah, 46% of people love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'll throw it... another one at you. Yeah. How, how, how many Australians, what percent of Australians have um, taken their clothes off for money. Oh. Could be once off. Mm. For money. Oh, you mean like if someone says do a nudie run, I pay 50 bucks yeah. to do a nudie oh, run. Oh, okay, that brings it up. Yeah. Because yeah, I thought right. you meant, okay. That, you were thinking OnlyFans and stuff like that. Yeah. That's, that's still, that'd be up there. I'd say about 55%. 55, that's high. <laughs> that's high. How many nudies run do you see a day? <laughs> like, that's... Just a guess, guys. Just for money, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'll say like seventeen or twenty. It's seven percent. Uh, you guys obviously get your kid off more than most. <laughs> you should yeah. see us on a Monday morning if it has a bit of a lull. <laughs> yeah. How much cash pay. you got uh, on your knee? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and well, you guys, well, you still got the podcast, you and Hamish, uh, on the. Don't say it like that. Don't, don't, you say it like oh, you still got the podcast. Like when's that thing wrapping up? <laughs> <laughs> Let me finish. The podcast is flying. Let me finish my question. (laughs) When are you wrapping up that bloody thing? I'll say it in a good way. We we promised 40 40 shows for 40 years. Um, So I think even if no one's listening to it by the end, it would just be Hamish and I in probably armchairs and with bad backs and doddery. And uh, and our carers would let us pretend we're chatting to chatting to people, but um, <laughs> Mate, you guys, yeah, you know, you're keeping listener afloat. Everyone yeah, knows that it, go, it. it goes off, and it's... it took over when we were on holidays as well. Yeah, That's we right. also appreciate Ooh, that too. our show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what did, I want to say because you guys did radio for so many years, and you did so many mm. crazy ideas. But now you do the podcast, which is also like the rules of commercial radio and the laws kind of can just go out of the way. Did you have yeah. to kind of, like, do you have to pull each other up from time to time and go, now that that's probably a little bit too far or? Oh, we kind of, I mean, we don't really, <laughs> always, everyone's like, oh, it must be hard not swearing or talking mm. about all this stuff. Like, never really been in our wheelhouse. I mean, Hay and I don't really go down that path much Um Anyway, the only times we get in trouble is because in radio, as you would know, and it's tightened up a lot more, there's a lot of risk assessments yeah. going on yeah. when you do something. And Hamish and I just avoid the risk assessment. And there was one where Hamish's arm was on fire um, and uh, it was meant to be controlled and it got a little out of control. And then we looked at each other and went, hmm, that's probably why they do those little forms about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 it didn't have a fire extinguisher anywhere near us. So, yeah, there's a couple of times where we get in trouble for that. It's still yeah. nice getting in trouble, even though you're on a podcast in the wild, wild west. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Grumpy Dave, who is a, you know, our boss still, and, and I think your boss as well, guys, yeah. uh, he, he, he occasionally comes down and it's pretty hard. Yeah, well, Did, he hates firearms, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did he get burnt? Did he, like, actually hurt nah. himself or? 
No, 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 which is disappointing. As soon as she heard off, but, you know, it's always been, Amish and I have, have always been trying to one-up each other on who gets hurt the most. But, yeah, um, right. yeah he was fine that time. Right, well, mate, uh, we hope the, the podcast continues for 100 years, all right? Oh, that's very kind of you after your um, backhanded compliment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, always great to talk to you. Make sure you check out uh, The 100 with Andy Lee tomorrow, 8.40, Channel 9. If you do miss it, it's all right. Nine now has got your replay on there. Great to talk to you, buddy. On your legends. Thanks for having Thanks, Andy. Stab Abby and Matt on B105. It was my wife's birthday on Friday, meaning this weekend was the festival of the birthday. Mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday, Sunday was all birthday-related in activities. Did she like her presents? She did like her presents, yes. She did indeed. Got her a new... I went to the dark side, Matt. I don't know if you'd be with me on this one. I got her a new oil-infusy Bernie thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good way to... Maybe it's light 50 bucks Why on is fire. that the dark side? Oh, well, because once you get... Like, remember when Esther mm. got onto... I can't even remember who got her onto yeah, Dota. Mm-hmm. And then she just poured money into it. Yeah. I said to <gasps> her... That's right, it was you. You don't need to buy anything. And she's like, what are you talking about? I've already put my form in. And I was like, no one else is buying anything. Yeah. And then they said there, um, do you need some oils? I was like, oh, no, we don't. No. <laughs> We're fine. Yeah. And then on um, Friday evening, we went to karaoke. Uh, the family that karaoke's together stays together. It was great fun. Rory came along for the first time. We sang a couple of duets, a couple of things from Hamilton and whatnot. Nice. A couple of cats' uh, friends were there also. But it was a new um, karaoke place that we hadn't been to before. And it was a little bit, a little, a little bit patchy. Um, they said to us, uh, they, you get a room, a booth to yourself. Was this during the day or early evening? Early evening, right. we got there at um, four till six. Twas, <laughs> yeah, we are old. Because that's not normally the time I go karaoke. Mm. Normally, I go midnight, four a.m. <laughs> I've got this. Mm. Let's go to karaoke. I yeah. sound great. Yeah, we take it a bit more seriously. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they said uh, they they lead you into the room and they give you the microphones and stuff. And they were like, oh, now we've got three thousand songs on our system, but if you can't find anything that you want on the system, uh, there's also YouTube. But the internet's a bit iffy. And we were like, okay, cool. Uh, and we looked in the system, the 3,000 songs was all K-pop, which is fair enough because that, that's the target audience, yeah. I guess. Yeah. You know? um, but they, had, they didn't, we kept on looking for songs that wasn't in there. So we had to resort to the YouTube. And they did start with that warning of, hey, it is a little bit glitchy. And it was. And to the point where you'd be singing and the song would cut. So I've got examples here. So you, you're going to be the DJ, Party Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is what you had to do while you were singing. Here we go, the first one. Pulling out of my cage, I've been doing just fine. Gotta, gotta be down because I want it all. It started out with a kiss. <laughs> it's fine for people that have a beautiful voice like yourself. But then you and you could do a cappella. But for me, I'm like, I only sound good if the backing track is ridiculously yeah. loud. Oh, like when you're at a concert and um, everyone else goes quiet and you're the only one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and that song you can't not sing like him. Come on, I'm yeah. yeah. And then me and Roars took on um, One Week by the Bare Naked Ladies. Great skip. Song. It's a great song. But that's, you know, quick fire, rapid yeah. fire. Can't be skipping. It's been one week since you looked at me. And then the other one that happened was the reverse of that, where I was doing standard karaoke classic, a little bit of Blue Eyes, one of, of my course. favorites, a yep. little bit of Frankie, Frank mm-hmm. Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Really shows off your vocal range. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and it, it stuck in the worst place possible. Have a listen. Record shows. I took the blows and did it my 
vaping. Oh, you were hoping for it to stop. You're like, stuck on the <laughs> start. <laughs> it was a nightmare. So we weren't going back there again. No. no. Stab Abby and Matt on B105. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. But you would have seen, there's been a lot of talk with the NRL the other weekend. The players covered up the logo on their jerseys. They used their uh, strapping tape to mm-hmm. do so. I think Manly might have forgotten to do it, but they, they were still in on it. Um, and then none of the players have been talking during the game. State of Origin is when it started. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all because they're trying to come to uh, an agreement with the NRL uh, between the Players Association and from what I understand, we're going to talk to the CEO of the Rugby League Players Association. From what I understand is it's similar to what's happening with the actors' strike, is huh. they're trying to get better pay for the lower-paid players who go into Rugby League. I think some of the like entry-level players are getting $60,000 a year, right. um, which is a lot for what they're doing to their bodies. And they're mm. saying, well, a lot of these players could be off on the tools, earning more money. Mm. Uh, Clint Newton is the CEO of the Players Association. I'm sure it's a little bit more in-depth than that, mate. Um, Thanks for your time this morning. No worries. Thanks for having me. So we're talking about the logos and the the media ban. Do you feel like it's been effective or is the NRL still not talking to you? Oh, well, the reality is that we were finding incredibly difficult to get our um, our messages out there and our stories out there because, um, because players were getting blocked uh, for their voice so basically the players took the action to shine a big light on what the issues are and we've probably had more media coverage in the last um six weeks uh, than we have for the last 18 months so uh, it certainly has um put it into the public domain the public are much more aware about a number of things that the players are fighting for and uh, we wish we didn't have to do this and the players didn't have to take this type of action but sometimes you've got to stand firm on the things you believe in and it certainly worked in our view there doesn't seem to be a lot of chat between you guys and the NRL. Is there any um, thoughts that this might escalate to not taking the field? Oh, look, I think it would be a disaster if, if the game uh, and in the leadership of the game in, in the chair and the commission um, allowed that to happen. We want to get back to the table. I mean, it's, it's that simple. It, you, you can't get an agreement if one party's refusing to come back to the table unless they dictate the terms in which you return to the table. Mm. So we've we've said that we want a industrial relations mediator and an expert that's in industrial relations and employment law because that's what a lot of these things are, the outstanding items, uh, but they refuse to do it. Um, and the NRL have uh, said that they want to sideline their CEO. And, and again, if that's what they want to do, that's, that's their choice. Um, but to save face, they can't then dictate terms who negotiates on behalf of players. So can you... Tell us exactly, uh, f- for people who are just watching it from the outside, if, yeah. to make it all stop today, what are the exact things that the NRL have to give you to stop it? Yeah, sure. I mean, we're, it's, it's, it's pretty basic when you, when you come down to it. I mean, we want the NRL to comply with, um, with privacy and data laws in the country. You wouldn't think that would be that hard. Mm. Uh, we want uh, procedural na- and um, procedural fairness and natural justice when it comes to uh, management of integrity-related issues. We want agreement yeah, rights so that's over like when increasing people, workload. Um, get, uh, so because there's the uh, stand uh, no-fault stand-down policy um, that's going on. You've seen that kind of thing, like if a player gets arrested no. for something or...? 
No, that's not in dispute. It's just around the the informa- or the the players being afforded the right to to have a representation with them and okay. letting us know about that. Mm-hmm. Um, access to financial information. So if the game takes cuts or loses money like they did a few years ago with COVID, we need to have access to the financial information to ensure that players are fairly going backwards. Now, again, that's a right of the employee particularly the labour, that if you're going to take cuts, mm. you have to have access to financial information. Again, it's not that hard. Yeah. Um, agreement over the increase of workload, particularly given the rise of the issues um, around head trauma and impact, yeah. um, uh, that we shouldn't be put players being put in a position without having agreement rights over increasing their work obligations. Like, again, these are basic and fundamental rights that are afforded to everyone in the country um, and again, look no further than the Matildas right now. Mm. If they didn't take action in 2015 for standing up for what they believe in and the rights that they are now afforded, there is no way that uh, that team would have got to where it is today. And they are an incredibly strong team, which you've seen over multiple years, um, and it's because they stand firm, they stood firm. When do you see it possibly ending? Who knows? Um, you, uh, um, yeah, you can ask the NRL about that. I yeah. mean, again, um, we received correspondence uh, at the back end of last week um, to, again, uh, tell us that they only want to return to the table on their terms. We're saying, hang on, every other industry in this country solves disputes with an industrial relations mediator, yet the NRL seem hell-bent on being above every other industry in this country um, and stating the fact that it's way too complex and that they couldn't come in and solve it. But I think that is discrediting the the quality of people that are out there that would be able to help us solve this. Challenge them to a winner-takes-all match. <laughs> Golden point <laughs> style. What, are you choosing your fantasy team? Yeah. Who, who would you choose here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd love to challenge them on a few different things. Yeah, that's I don't right. know. I feel, like, first... I feel like I want to be at this table, oh, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, so, one of, it's one of those things. Look, you can look from it from the outside, and I think a lot of people, it's 50-50, especially from the fans. They're looking at it going, well, these blokes get paid a lot of money, and blah, blah, blah. Not everyone does in the game, so that's, you know, that's one thing to take into account. But... It's like anyone as a job. When you're in your job, no matter the job, you want to get paid fairly. You want a cut of whatever your company's making. And like we had through COVID, people took cuts, but no one really knew how much money was lost and, and how much you were meant to take. You know, We've got to remove the secrecy behind all workplaces so that people feel like they're being um, treated fairly in their workplace. Well- I think you've, you've nailed it. I mean, do we want a partnership or do we want a dictatorship here? Mm. I mean, again, CBAs and, and EBAs in every other workplace, they are fundamental in assisting and supporting a better relationship and fostering, um, hopefully, a relationship that's underpinned by trust and transparency. Now, why would you not want to give the players access to various things that they should be afforded to, particularly if it results in taking pay cuts? Mm. Why would you not want them to be a part of some of the, the strategic objectives of the game to help move it forward? Again, they're not pawns. They are they're people um, that play a, um, <laughs> an essential role in driving the game forward. This, isn't, this hasn't been about pay since December last year. Um, th- that was solved in December. This is about basic and fundamental employment rights. Um, and again, money's money. That's not in dispute. Rights are rights. For too long in this country, sport and athletes 
have had to trade off rights for money or vice versa. Well, mate, we appreciate your time this morning. Clint, uh, we will be following it very closely. There he is, the CEO of the Rugby League Players Association. Stab Abby and Matt on B105. Maddie, you and your family are coming to see the Brisbane Lions on Saturday. Correct, Informing yes. you because those plans were made with your wife and not you. So That's... just making sure that you're aware of it. So it rolls in our house. I got a little bit of a, just so much excitement really when uh, your little girl liked football for just a little moment mm-hmm. because she did Auskick at school and yeah. I was like, oh, this is so good. Yes. So I got a bit excited and I bought her a Lions outfit with her name on it, mm-hmm. right? mm-hmm. official merch. And I was like, oh, is she liking her football? She's like, yeah, we should go to a game one time. And I was like, yeah, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Come to the game. And we were trying to find dates. And the only time you guys were available was on the Saturday night. And I was like, this is perfect. This is a big game for us. Right. Because I am a true... Lions fan. Yes, you are. You're and the number one ambassador. My husband mm. loves the Lions as his second team, but he's Adelaide Crows. Yeah. And we invited you guys and we we're like, that's the time that was free. But then I said to my husband yesterday, I was like, have we thought this game out? And he goes, why? It's going to be great. I went, no, because we have, we're taking our two elder sons. Mm-hmm. One of them is Mad Crows, mm. the other one's Mad Lions. Mm. But like so much so that we are going to leave with one in tears. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And I said that to him, and he goes, no, you'll be all right. I said, what are you talking about? There's bit of like punch-ups at home, even mm. just talking about where they are on the ladder. Mm. Look, I, I love boxing as well, so I think... <laughs> two for one. I'll get to see two, two sporting events, yep. and that's excellent. Mm-hmm. So that's what we realised. We just need to separate them, so we've got seats in two different locations. On so, well, separate sides of the gather. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, I wish we did. We're They'll meet up the, in the middle when it's you know the run onto the ground. When people don't know, and you're yeah. sitting in separate seats, yeah. and there's the hecklers between the teams, and yeah. it starts all as you know fun and games, yeah. and then at the end of it, it starts getting a little yeah. bit serious. Mm. That's going to be ours. And I said to him... I'll just make sure I drive so that if one of us has to leave early. Want to leave early? Uh-huh. Gets that serious. It, oh, mm. very, very, very passionate. There's so many fights about it. See, I see it's bringing back memories. I can remember when we all went to the Lions oh, a few years ago, mm. and I think as well it was um, the Crows playing. Yeah. And I do distinctly remember the highlight for me was not just the the game. It was the first AFL game I'd ever been to. Yeah. But was Finney mm-hmm. flipping birds to people yeah, okay. when they were cheering for the Lions. Yeah. <laughs> and he was he was turning around and just like complete strangers just like, caught one of them. Mm-hmm. Scotty used one of to these. be really vocal at games. And then yeah. he stopped when he looked and realized that his son yeah, had started being so vocal. And he's like, calm down. Where are yeah. you? Why are you being like that? And I'm like, he, where do you think he got it from? Yeah, so at that point, yeah, yeah. he's 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 tamed. Where where do you think um, Eden will sit on this? Will she get into it? Well, uh, she'll wear her lion's dress. I know that much because yeah. the girl loves a good outfit mm. for something. And mm. then Zand will have to pick which child he likes, whether he wants to support oh, Finney or whether he wants to support yeah. Jagger. They, yours could be worse. Cause they've never been to a game before. No, who knows what's going to happen? She might streak. No, that's probably <laughs> just okay. <laughs> Sorry, you, Esther. You, of course, you're talking about. Exactly I do not know how to control. I do not know how to control her. Speaks. <laughs> of course, loves it. Loves it. Yeah. Yeah. That wife of yours. That. <laughs> Stab Abby and Matt on B105. Alpha Bucks tomorrow, the eighth of August. Ten thousand dollars is on the line. Here are some answers to make it easier to win. Your letter is. M for March, and three of your answers are Moth, Marble, and Margot Robbie. 
Radio, see you tomorrow, guys. Stop, be in my- B105.